Searching for Canada's best startups. The Pitch Please Podcast. Hosted by Mike Thibodeau. Give us your best pitch. Pitch Please. Three, two, one. Connecting with Canada's startups to learn about their business and the amazing people behind them. Follow along and hear some of the most interesting ideas in startups from across Canada. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pitch Please podcast. It's Mike, and today I'm joined by Julia Slanina. Maybe you could start with a background on your role at Treehouse and a little bit about your career journey up until now. My name is Julia, the CEO and founder of Treehouse. I started Treehouse really in kind of a bittersweet situation in my life. Started medical school, had a one-year-old at home, so a lot going on. That's a really exhausting time of my life. And my focus was always to focus on pediatric care, family care, focus on helping and supporting women and families and children. That's what I loved to, to study in medicine. And I still have that passion. And I realized very quickly in that first year when I stayed home as a parent, but then when I started school, that I was privileged to have medical knowledge. I was privileged to be educated. I was privileged to be able to have access to care because I lived in an urban environment. But I grew up in Alberta. I grew up in Alberta in a rural area where we saw rural medicine very common in my family. And what I realized very quickly was that there were many people that were falling through the cracks. And so that was really my commitment in, in medicine was to help and support those individuals that were falling through our healthcare system. And how can we make that better? So that was the reason why I wanted to be a doctor, and that was the focus of my my clinical care. Unfortunately, after my first year of medical school, I had a very terrible family circumstance happen, and I needed to stop my medical degree. And that was a huge blow to the, the future of my career because I had a almost two-year-old at that time, and then suddenly I needed to halt um, medicine to take care and be a full-time caregiver to my parent who got diagnosed with very aggressive form of cancer. And that's when my whole life changed. And I realized that I wanted to really focus on a hobby. And what was that hobby project? That was something called Treehouse. And it didn't have a name at the time. And it was just really something to get my mind off of all the stress that I had to deal with, with my parents, my mother, particularly dealing with a new life that she was going to have to deal with being a stay-at-home mom and what would I do essentially. So I built some sketches on what I wanted Treehouse to kind of look like and how to help and support healthcare space. And then that evolved into a business and the rest is history. That's amazing. So yeah. are anyone else in your family entrepreneurs? You obviously were going into medical school. Did you ever you would be a founder and CEO 15 years ago? Absolutely not. I thought I would just be a family doctor in a rural community, <laughs> helping people just be kind of a country bumpkin, quite frankly, <laughs> helping and supporting the rural community of Canada. That's what I thought that I was going to do and just be a, a mom, right? I, I love being a parent and I, I just love taking care of, of my son and growing my family. But that didn't happen, right? Things happen for a reason in life. And I'm an A-type person that always likes to be successful and make an impact in what it is that I'm doing. And so the fact that my journey took me this way, I had to embrace it. I had to adapt very quickly. And I'm very happy where my life took me. It's had some very tragic moments in it. And I think it's about who is around you to help you get through those moments and then help shape the next part of your life. 
For sure. Are there some of those? Yes. And so I think what was really critical was that I had um, a network of individuals, family and friends. When I was going through this large transition in my life from going from just being a student and going into entrepreneurship, there were some individuals who I spoke to who were entrepreneurs and had reassured me that this was an area that could be very um, just impactful. And so I'm very grateful for those people because they helped me throughout my journey and it helped me really evolve what I wanted to, to do at Treehouse. My sketches is not what Treehouse is today, right? It's not those, it's not that business model. It's very different, right? Because a lot of ideas can happen. Doesn't mean that those ideas will actually generate revenue and make it into a profitable business. So we've evolved that. And Treehouse now is a technology that helps and supports allied healthcare practitioners to stay connected to their clients and enhance their client experience. But that took a long time to get there. And I think it's, it's very, very clear for me to say that it wasn't by myself. You can't do anything by yourself. You need a community of people to do that. And that's kind of what our technology does too. So that, that's amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about those initial sketches? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> those initial sketches. Because I think like even just the evolution yeah. of where people started to where they are today is sometimes it's like three or four pivots later, but it's so cool to hear like the initial napkin sketch. Yeah. Idea. That's precisely what it was, right? It was an initial napkin sketch in a sketchbook even. And what it really was, something that would allow end users or patients or clients to stay connected to their health team to stay connected to their care circle. You don't just have a family doctor. You don't just have an OBGYN when you get pregnant, or maybe you do, and that's okay too. But oftentimes, individuals will have a mental health professional. They'll have somebody to help and support them in those early days, like lactation support. They might have somebody like a nutritionist helping and supporting mom or dad or helping the child. Maybe they'll have other types of practitioners. And so those sketches were really focused on how do we build a care circle that is not in person? Because when I started sketching, there was no such thing really as telemedicine. People actually thought that it would be completely a violation of privacy if I had told them that you can speak to your doctor on your cell phone. And so a lot of it was how do we make it tech friendly and tech enabled? So that's what we what I what I showed a lot of even my friends and my neighbors when I was sketching this out. And they thought, well, that's really cool because we do everything on our mobile phones. And then COVID happened and we did everything on our mobile phone. It's really cool to look at those sketches now and, and see the journey that it allowed me to, to come to. That's amazing. When when were those sketches? Just so we have sort of like a time frame of time, because I think that's the other piece, right? So many people write these sketches. Some people shelf them, never do anything with them. Sometimes it's about pulling them off the shelf or sometimes just sticking with it for a longer time. Yeah, they started between 2017 and 2018. That's really when I I had stopped school and I had become a full-time caregiver and stay-at-home mom. And those were what kind of got me through all that because it was a very stressful and difficult time, a very dark time, I'm going to be honest. And it allowed me to just kind of get my mind off of everything and just draw it out and kind of see where it would go. Seeing that it really makes an impact in healthcare. Every single doctor that I speak to or every single healthcare practitioner that I speak to, at the end of the day, what they want is they want to be able to provide good care to their client or their patient. It's not about them. It's about the person they're helping. And then having technology that allows them to do it better 
is what makes them come to work every single day. So seeing that is great. We have clients across Canada. A lot of them are in rural communities, and that's incredibly important to me because there are so many underserved populations that we have. So many individuals that don't have access to health care. They need to drive two hours to a hospital. But then having the ability to have technology that allows them to stay connected virtually to their healthcare provider, their mental health provider. We have an individual in Northern BC, the small rural community. Most of the women there are there because their partners are working on the rigs. And so when your partner is working on the rigs and you have a two month old at home and you're alone in the middle of nowhere, it's really nice to be able to stay connected to a mental health provider so that you can feel like yourself again. And that's what our technology does. And so I'm proud of that. And I'm proud at slowly but surely how we're making an impact. in. I was excited to learn more about Treehouse. <laughs> Maybe what we'll then is the part we do on every show. Uh- Treehouse is a technology for healthcare practitioners from fertility to early childhood to stay connected to their clients and enhance their client experience. It enables them to manage their practice needs and then really provide a solution and experience that is critical for, for their practice and their clients. I'm going to start with the most important next question. How did you arrive at the name Treehouse? Yeah. Not many people ask me that question, actually. So um, I, I had to. I was, Honestly, when I, when I got introduced to you, Grow With Treehouse, I was like, is this like a, a marketing agency? Is this a company like that does events? And it, totally not. So I'm very curious how you got to Treehouse. Great question. So as a child, I really loved nature. Okay. And I still do to this day. I'm always out. And what I loved the most was a place to have kind of like every child has like a little nook, whether you make a fort in your living room or you do it in your backyard or you have the privilege of having a treehouse. That's pretty cool. It's always a place where kids love to just hang out and, you know, eat popcorn or do whatever they want to do. And so it's a place where people feel connected, where they feel like it's a trusted space. And so that's why I called it Treehouse, because I want everyone to feel connected and trusted and get the care that they need, essentially. But at the end of the day, it's where you feel safe. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. It's funny because there's like such a wide variety of how people arrive on the name of their business. Some people struggle. Some people have to outsource it and some people have a natural story into it. So it's cool to hear yours and how something that shaped your experiences younger in your childhood so naturally fit into something you wanted to go do and you were able to kind of carry yeah. that forward. So and, super, and super cool. kind of that domain name, if you will, our website, growwithtreehouse.ca, it's really about you growing. It's about you growing your family, whether you're starting that journey, you're thinking about getting pregnant or what that even means about starting that pregnancy journey or that fertility journey rather, and then moving that through your family. So it's about growing with you and growing within our within our treehouse. That's amazing. So help us understand a little bit about who specifically uses treehouse or even as part of that, who your primary customer is, because it sounds like there's a B2C component maybe and a B2B component. So maybe maybe let's start there. Yeah, so it is. It's very much a B2B2C if you really want to be very technical about it. But it is predominantly focused right now on healthcare practitioners that are not medical doctors. So they're allied healthcare practitioners. That's the term that so they refer to themselves as. 
So those are fertility coaches. Those are doulas. Those are lactation consultants. Those are midwives. Those are speech language pathologists. These are individuals that help and support you in your care circle. They're mental health providers, right? So they're therapists, they're counselors who help you through postpartum depression or through whatever struggles that you're going through as a family. And those are individuals that need a technology to manage their day-to-day needs to stay connected to their practice and then stay connected to their client. So that's our predominant focus. Yes, the end user their client, their patient, however they refer to them as, also has obviously access to Treehouse. And that's great because then they can pay for their services through Treehouse. They can meet other practitioners and then grow their care circle. So that's the ultimate kind of goal. But our predominant focus at the moment is really speaking to those healthcare providers. That's awesome. And so do, um, do medical professionals as well use Treehouse or just the allied professionals that are sort of encircling the the patient's needs. Yeah. So at the moment, it's predominantly those individuals that are not medical, right? So these are the fee-for-service providers. So you pay all of these individuals to seek their services. Whereas in Canada, right, we have a public health system, so we don't pay per se to see our doctors. And so we target those folks that are really running you know, private practice and need to stay connected to their clients. Got it. So all the types of services through Treehouse or the people that a patient's seeing are things that they would be paying out of pocket anyway. That was sort of my next question. Yes. Amazing. And so when I guess the this is generally, you were saying women's health, is it generally mothers yeah. or is there like a wider spectrum of who uses these type of services? What we're seeing, of course, is yes, we do see predominantly women accessing care and that could be just for their needs in prenatal or postpartum period. However, we have many men and fathers as well, and even grandparents, any type of caregiver, guardian, legal guardian that needs help and support, right? You might be at those early days of your fertility journey and you need to speak to someone and it might not be a woman's issue. It might be a man, a man's issue in a particular regard and they need some help and support. And so those individuals would then come to Treehouse, try to find access to any sort of service provider within their geographical area, within whatever province they are in and then they would get connected to that healthcare practitioner and then they would essentially access their services through our platform pay for their services and and get the care that they need and would generally the end user of the the service be the one who seeks out treehouse or are they often referred to treehouse from their practitioners or allied health partner yeah so at the moment, we predominantly do it through the provider, right? So the provider uses okay. Treehouse for their business needs, for their clinic needs, and then they get access to that community for free, right? And then that just kind of opens everything up for them, and then they can access nutritionists or whatever else that they're looking for. So at the moment, it is going from the provider. Got it. But once once I'm a user of a service with a provider, then I'm actually more likely to use Treehouse yeah. to see what other options I could be bringing into my circle yeah. of, of care and trust. Exactly. So the one really influences the many. And it's in like, the same way, all of those different allied healthcare providers are really cross-referring yeah. as well in a more organic way than they may have previously. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. So t- teach me a little bit about how the solution actually works. Is it a web-based, app-based? Yeah. Well, what does it look like? Yeah, so it is a web-based solution. 
at the moment, we're actually working on a mobile version of it as well to help enable providers to just have that on the go. Right now, it is enabled so that they can use it on any third for example, if they're moving around and traveling, but it is predominantly used as a solution on their computer systems in their practice, right? So they can do video conferencing, they can chart. We are HIPAA and HIPAA compliant. Our charting capabilities permit and follow HL7 compliance regulations. Anybody in that industry will know what that means predominantly. So it allows them to chart on roles based. So for example, if you are a midwife, you're going to have a very different view than a mental health provider will. There's different different workflows associated to that. So that's pretty cool that our technology does that. And you can schedule all your appointments. You can see your day sheet, essentially, and be able to then have a community where you can educate your clients as well. So you can host support groups. So you don't need to use social media platforms to do that. You can educate individuals with educational materials and send it directly to their account so that you don't, again, have to use emails or text messages or WhatsApp or anything like that that might be compromising their personal health information. So it allows you to run all your invoicing. It allows you to do your kind of business operations, your practice manager, but then it gives you the ability to really stay connected to your existing clients and build support groups for them and really be able to to be there and support them. Got it. And in this space, are there EMRs or for anyone that's not familiar with the term electronic medical records, like there's usually EMR systems for different practices. If you're a dentist, if you're a doctor, yeah, they can all sure. never seemingly be on the same system. And there's lots of people innovating in that space. Mm -hmm. Is Treehouse like an EMR? Does it work with EMRs? Maybe the people in this space don't use EMRs. Help me understand that piece. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So EMR, yes, that is a common term, electric, electronic medical record. There's another term that people use in this space, which is practice management solution. Okay. And so Treehouse allows you to do those types of motions like those systems, but it also builds a community for you, right? So that's what's really critical here is that a lot of times it'll just be a back office solution. And that's it. That's all. It focuses on the needs of the practitioner. And that's all. Whereas Treehouse really is built for the client at the end of the day. They're focused on providing client-centric or patient-centric care. So that yeah, that individual can stay connected to their entire care circle. And then we just kind of give the icing on the cake, which is that practice management solution so that those providers have what they need to give that better care as well. Got it. When you think about the value in Treehouse, mm -hmm. is there more value for one group than the other? Like, is it the practice management for the practitioners? Or is it for the client or is there a different value story for each? Like, how does that, how do you think about that in terms of your positioning as, as a company? Yeah, absolutely. So the way that we really see it is how can your care enhance the entire system in a better way? And how can clients be better supported? How can your care actually extend itself, not from just your actual brick and mortar location and serving maybe an area in an urban environment? How can you provide better access to care in rural areas, in remote areas? If you live in and work in Toronto and you see predominantly families in Toronto, that's great. But you should also be able to support people in Thunder Bay, right? Or in the northern areas of Ontario. I'm just using that as an example. And so the way that we really see it is that it allows you to not only build that for yourself as a practitioner, and that's the value that we provide you, but we give you the tools to do that. And then in, in the end, it really trickles down to those end users. And then that really makes and, and shapes the way that we deal with healthcare, especially right now, since 
we're slowly coming out of this COVID bubble. Individuals have been really suffering over the last several years and, and access to care has been challenging. And we continually see fractures in our healthcare system. So how can we make it better? And how can we alleviate the burdens that we're seeing in ERs? How can we alleviate the stresses that we see on hospital networks? Well, it means focusing on experts that can help you. And, and we try to help them get that care with the technology that we have. Got it. And I, that totally makes sense of what, where you circled back to the piece you were talking about, about rural communities, right? I'm almost like, I have to take my like in the city hat off for a second where I'm like, oh, like I would go to the provider. But could that could individuals use Treehouse as a tool to discover and find resources that they may not even know if exist in their community or don't exist in their community? Is, is Treehouse also a discovery tool for those people to find practitioners who could be anywhere across Canada, I guess? Yes. And we definitely want to enhance that, right? Because we want to be able to communicate to those individuals who don't know that there is support out there for them, maybe when they're breastfeeding or when they're going through something difficult in their life. They don't know it because they don't see it and they don't, their network is just not big enough. And so it is ability for you to kind of have access to a platform where if you're going through something, you can try to find that and that will give you what you need in that time. You come from a, an urban environment where you are privileged to have friends who have maybe gone through something similar so they can give you referrals or recommendations. But not everyone has that, right? If you are living in an area in Canada where you don't have as many providers within their licensing bodies, some people can deliver care outside of their provincial jurisdiction. Some cannot. But just being able to know that those people exist out there is really valuable and incredibly powerful. Yeah, it, it makes so much sense that you can really be an empowerment tool for people to discover those and obviously offer management capabilities in there at the same time. Now, how do you make money? Yeah. So the way Treehouse works is that practitioners will pay a subscription to use Treehouse for their practice. Okay. And so that is a B2B sale, essentially, the SaaS subscription, if you will. And they pay on a monthly basis for the use of their practice, depending on how large that practice is or, or how small. Further to that, any sort of transaction that goes through our system, Treehouse will also take a transaction fee associated to that. Got it. So off the fee-for-service type scenario. Exactly. And then they're sort of paying for the practice management capabilities, That's if you right. will, on a monthly basis directly. Yeah. So there's no no cost, no cost essentially for the end user yeah. or patients that are, are accessing the providers through yeah, it's, Treehouse. It's, there's no cost for that. That's amazing. Are there competitors in this space? Like, as you're talking, I'm getting like book Jane vibes, but that's more for physio, Cairo, massage. Generally, I'm getting a little bit of maple vibes, but it does seem very different still. So, I, I like, I'm curious, like, are these complementary, competitive? Well, sure, you get the question a lot. Yeah, no, no, I do. Yeah. And and you're precisely right. So we do see competitors in the practice management space, right? So these are folks who have built technologies, like you mentioned, that do it help and support back office needs or chiros, physios, what have you. And so, yes, that is one angle of it. Are they a direct competitor? Others would argue no. Others would say yes. So I'll kind of leave it to whoever's listening to judge on that one. But we're, what we're building 
precisely is really an integrated and comprehensive solution, right? And so whether or not that integrates with other systems, we, we have a roadmap associated to what that means and, and how we will do that. At the moment, really, our focus is to deliver a solution that delivers for that healthcare provider and then helps and supports their end user and their clients specifically. So competitors in the space are predominantly in that practice management area, but not, I wouldn't say that that is the only space as well. Yeah. And it almost seems like if I think about it, the the types of allied healthcare providers that you target, Mm -hmm. generally, I haven't heard of or seen them in those spaces often. Like, I have a friend who was a lactation consultant. It's not like she was using Book Jane. That's right. There's not that's not a common place. And even when when I think about the types of services people generally go to, like I get Maple for again, like they're not yours is very specifically a set of services that surround a patient in a very specific area that oftentimes are missed yeah, by these that's other. That's precisely platforms. why we're seeing issues in this space in healthcare, right? Because a lot of these practitioners, like you mentioned, a, a lactation consultant, they'll be kind of piecing together solutions that might work for them, might not work, might be too expensive for their needs. And so this technology is really built for individuals to really streamline their care. We saw some great successes in streamlining healthcare in different stages of life over the last 10 to 15 years. That was predominantly in geriatric care, in care for the elderly. Technology started coming out to help and support that. And they continue to do that. And they do incredible support systems and they provide exceptional care. But I never really saw care focused on fertility to early childhood. That space, maternal care, family care, infant care, women's health in that space was neglected. And that is impacting the way that healthcare is also seeing women's health. And so that's where I thought, well, this is an area that I'm deeply passionate about as a, as a parent, as a mother, but also someone who just loves that space in healthcare. And I thought, well, we need to focus on fixing that. Unfortunately, Canada and the United States have one of the poorest track records in helping and supporting maternal care. The United States is far worse than Canada is, but we need to start focusing on that area because it just has so many impacts into our economic benefit later down the road. That's why I decided to focus on it. Yeah. And and I think even the piece that you were just saying where there's like this stitching together, if somebody in this value chain is stitching together solutions, where that breaks down is for the actual user or patient who is seeking service because then they're using like some clunked together one or two things for one person they're providing, getting help from. They're not able to discover the others in the same place. And then they're probably getting hooked into two or three or four or five or six different systems. Yeah. Point like it's super inefficient. Is it and, really, and it makes, is it really helping you is my question, right? It, is it? I'd like some of the yeah. individuals that we have, some of our early customers say to us, no, it isn't. That's why I'm here. <laughs> That's why I'm using trees, right? Because of the gaps there. Got it. So where are you at? Where are you at in terms of user adoption, availability in different markets? Is this available Canada-wide today? 
how many users, how big of, is your team today? The solution is available to all healthcare providers in this space in Canada predominantly. So we focus on the Canadian market. We do not focus on the U.S. market yet, but something that is on our roadmap. So anyone that is in the Canadian space and looking for a solution in this area, I welcome them to kind of get in contact with us and our team. <clears throat> Pardon me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because I just choke on your podcast. Yeah, <laughs> clearly you have that effect. We are based in Ontario, based out of Ottawa. We are a team of 10 individuals um, and we are growing over the course of the year. We've grown quite a bit as well and continue to do that. We have users and clients across provinces and uh, predominantly focused on Ontario. We see just a larger pool in Ontario. We do have clients in Atlantic Canada and then Alberta across the prairies a little bit as well into the and into BC. How many employees are you guys? Ten. Ten. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Small but mighty team growing quickly. We're uh, small but mighty team. It's honestly the nimbleness and speed always fascinates me. Working at a larger company myself, obviously things go much slower sometimes than I would love to see them. <laughs> it makes sense. There's pros and cons to it, but it's always amazing to see the, the short periods of, of time. When you think about your next six to 12 months, what does that sort of look like for you? Are there any like big milestones ahead that you're looking forward to or looking for support on from a broader set of the community? We're looking to really grow our team. That's predominantly what our focus is. That will enable further features, functionalities associated to the technical roadmap so, uh, that our CTO and I work on very closely. That will also allow for, again, greater adoption on the client side, will allow for greater use of the client side of the technology. That's critical. Just making that streamlined, easy to use with multiple other functionalities is, is critical not only for the provider to have a great client experience, but just also for the use of the platform and, and where the technology is going. So in the next six months, six to 12 months, is just really focused on keeping our heads down, growing our brand awareness, we're growing our legitimacy, becoming more, I guess, obvious within the Canadian market as a solution that is, you know, very useful to, to practice managers, just really keeping our heads down and focusing on delivering a great product. That's amazing. Now, does this integrate with different public health initiatives or could it support those? Because I think sometimes there's different public health initiatives that will drive people back into some of those allied health professionals. Is that something that, that's on your roadmap or it's that's already happening? Roadmap. Yeah, yeah, great question, Mike. But it's on our roadmap for 2023. We're not saying anything live yet, but it is something that is definitely in the works. That's amazing. Your journey so far from napkin to where you are today... What would you say has been like your most favorite part or memorable part of that journey? Yeah, I think it's hands down. It's been growing the team. It's about starting super lean and we're so lean, right? We're a startup. I'm going to be very frank about that. But it's about growing a team that really believes in what it is that we're building, the impact it can make and how we work together. It's not always easy, but it's about finding people who really understand that. and. That's been amazing to see how even some folks, they come and they just grow internally and just how they grow, how their confidence grows, how their professional development grows. And then that really translates to the way that the tech is built, but then also how they even talk to a customer. So I'm very proud of our team. I wouldn't be here without them. And that is a critical component to, I think, a successful business and a successful solution. 
sounds like you're looking to grow that that team. Are there already jobs you are hiring for? Would us posting a, a link to a careers page or something be be helpful this time? And what types of roles are you looking to fill in the next sort of six to 12 months? Definitely more on the engineering team. So we're definitely going to start looking at that probably in the middle of Q2. So we're going to grow that engineering team. And we're going to just also continue to grow customer success, sales, and marketing folks. Makes sense. Now we talked in parts the memorable parts. It's always not peachy, I'm sure. As a, What's sort of been the hardest part for you uh, on this journey so far? I think probably the hardest part, and, and many entrepreneurs or founders would attest to this as well, is the amount of how much you get drained in fundraising. Fundraising is a journey. Accessing non-dilutive funding is, I wouldn't even say, it's not, it's not a battle in itself. It's not. It's work. And it is being committed to, to doing that, getting access to grants and bootstrapping and doing a friends and family round like that has its own, has its own challenges. But fundraising with actual investors and institutional investors, that is a completely different specimen or beast in itself. And so what I can say is that has been a grueling part, especially when you're hitting a market that is as frozen as, as it can be, right? You're really going into a real challenge there. Um, but being able to show those investors as well how we've been able to be sustainable throughout this time and how we've been able to adapt and actually be efficient during a time where it is very cold and people are not making the investments that they did in, in other years past is also actually really exciting to show them. But it has been a challenge and it is, I think, something that's putting a lot of gray hairs in my head. Is there any tips of things that you find are, are working better for you or that you've seen or gotten as like advice recently? I think finding the people who really believe in you and you can trust is a critical component to your success in that phase. There are individuals that just don't see or don't have that passion or the purpose that you do. But there are people who do. And those are the people who will be there to kind of push you up and advocate for you and just be your cheerleader. And having those people around you are the people that I think is just so, so critical because they're going to be there when you need to talk about very hard decisions and, and hard topics. And those are people that I like to, to spend my time with. Totally makes sense. Well, the work you and the team are doing is, is amazing and it sounds like you're filling a very large gap in underservice needs for people and anything we can do to bring more unification and, and better experiences to our healthcare system is critical. It's an evolving journey. Thankfully, there's been higher adoption of technology lately and so hopefully that will help accelerate your journey in the near time and your story is an amazing one from napkin to here you are all in changing people's lives on a regular basis across Canada in urban centers, but also in rural communities. So thank you so much, Julia. Any other things that you would want to direct people to or guide people to if they're interested to learn more, yeah. if they're interested to help? Maybe someone just wants to write you a giant check and make your life really easy now that they've heard your story. I don't think it's that easy always. No, absolutely. If you want to stay in touch or, or learn more about how our technology is 
working and how we can help you or anyone in your community, visit our website, growwithtreehouse.ca. You can book a demo with our team. You can book some time with, with our team or with myself to chat more about that. Follow us on Instagram. We're very involved on our social media as well. So our handles are at Grow with Treehouse. If you are an end user or an individual that is looking to access care, um, just feel free to head to our website and create an account. Anyway. Julia, thank you so much for taking the time today. I learned a ton. I was super inspired by the work that you're doing. I hope you had fun. Thanks for, for making the time. I know it's actually in the middle of fundraising right now. So Wishing you the best of luck in the months ahead. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks so much, Mike. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Pitch Please Podcast. Pitch Please. Pitch Please. Hosted by Mike Thibodeau. Tune in for regular episodes and show notes at pitchplease.ca. And make sure to give us a follow on your favorite podcast platform. Pitch Please, a Bluemex podcast, is hosted by Michael Thibodeau and does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service. For more Pitch Please content subscribe where you get your podcasts and visit bluemex.io to join us on Discord. <laughs>